I just want to know something. Did you run out of songs? No? You were still good for a couple more or something like that? My deep apology. I mean, I don't know how to say a good sorry in English. Uh, I can in Spanish if you want me to. Uh, but I, I feel really bad that I didn't have uh, the chance to actually uh, worship with you guys uh, earlier. Uh, we had a, one of those things in ministry where you just uh, adapt to things. Uh, we uh, came like around 3 in the morning from Centralia uh, today, a few hours ago, uh, where we have the other uh, site. Because um, uh, the thing that started to be a, an afternoon or an evening of uh, visitation door-to-door in a different community uh, 30 miles uh, east of Centralia, uh, turn out it to be kind of a semi-visitation uh, time uh, for uh, the, our leader. There are our guy that is uh, doing the Bible study. His uh, mom passed away um, suddenly yesterday. So uh, the whole thing that changed around, and, and uh, I had a group from uh, Aurora coming to uh, help us in this uh, uh, visitation time as well. I mean with the door-to-door, which was just uh, uh, an outreach we were going to do together with this uh, family. But um, uh, God is good, and we still had a, a good time with them as a family. We spent some time reading Scripture and encouraging the brother. And at the same time, we had uh, uh, our service as well in Centralia. So we kind of been on the road, I guess, more than, than uh, walking around on, on farm ground, but it is a, a privilege, it is a, a joy to be here with you guys, and uh, especially a, a good privilege to, to share the Word of God with you. My name is Tony Munoz, like my brother James said, and uh, uh, you will see uh, another group of people coming, they're coming behind us as well, and uh, uh, so don't let that interrupt you there. Uh, we are excited to know that God is uh, still working uh, with our group uh, down in the central south area of Illinois, and at the same time uh, excited about uh, the leadership development. Uh, this afternoon we will be ordaining uh, a young man, his name is Gerardo, he's coming with us uh, uh, this morning as well, and uh, last Saturday we ordained uh, another man uh, in Centralia for that group there, so we are still having the Champaign-Urbana in our prayers uh, to uh, move forward and to have as, uh, as our next uh, plant as well. Uh, and so I want you to continue. I know you've been praying for this uh, uh, earnestly, and, and I would like to encourage you to continue to do that as well. Turn with me to the book of Acts. We're going to uh, review chapter 10. We would like to go into the chapter 10, and uh, I, like Brother Jim said, we uh, I pass out there some uh, uh, notes. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to worry about the PowerPoint or anything like that, so I'm going to kind of give you a hint there. That's where you write this, or whatever you want to do it, you know, <laughs> or just wink, you know, something. Um, if you uh, have noticed so far, um, English is my second language, so 
when it comes to reading, especially the Bible, trust me, I, I, I had to adjust in many different ways when I went to seminary in New Orleans uh, with the versions and the King James was a, a huge struggle for me because it didn't make any sense what I was reading. Um, and, and that's not the translation I grew up with. And, and to begin with, I worship my God in Spanish and he understands me very well. <laughs> as far as I know, uh, he hears my prayers. I know that. And so um, I've been trying, I've been kind of jumping from different versions to see what is easier for me and came to a conclusion uh, in, uh, uh, in Fulvus, actually, the Southwestern, uh, one of the professors told me, Tony, you, you need to do something in, in your reading. And I thought, great, you know, a good uh, insight here how to handle this thing. And, and he said that the main thing is that, that whenever you're reading and you're having a good conscience of what you're saying and understanding of what's going on, and you come across a word that you just know that not going to be sure about how to say it or something, just say cabbage. And, and I'm going, okay, going to be a lot of salad in there because, you know, I, I, it, it's hard. It's hard. So... I guess what I'm saying is that I'll, I'll lead the, the reading and, and you follow with me and you're reading there and uh, I'm not going to say cabbage, but, you know, if you hear me stumbling there, you, you feel free to correct me if it's necessary. So let's go to the word. The Bible said in Acts 10, there was a man in the Caesarea, is that good? I want to say Caesarea, but that's fine, named Cornelius. A centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, or you might have their cohort. Uh, he was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. He did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. About three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came in, who came in and said to him, Cornelius? Looking intently at him, he became afraid and said, What is it, Lord? The angel told him, Your prayers and your acts of charity have come up to, as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, he called two of his household slaves and a devout soldier who was one of those who attended him. After explaining everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Verse 9 says, The next day, as they were traveling and nearing the city, Peter went up to pray on the housetop about noon. Then he became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they were preparing something, he went into a visionary state. He saw heaven open and an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter. Heal and eat. No, Lord, Peter said, for I have never eaten anything common 
and ritually unclean. Again, a second time, a voice said to him, What God has made clean, you must not call common. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common and ritually unclean. What God has made clean, you must not call common, Peter. Get up, Peter. You probably at this point are going like, where is he going? Is he in a different version of the Bible or something? But I'm just doing what took place. It says in verse 16, this happened three times. So we can realize how this was happening. I have never eaten anything common and ritually unclean, Lord. What God has made clean, you must not call common a third time. And then the office was taken up into heaven. While Peter was deeply perplexed about what the vision he had seen might mean, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to Simon's house, stood at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was also named Peter, was lodging there. While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit told him, Three men are here looking for you. Get up. Go downstairs and accompany them with no doubts at all, because I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the man and said, Here I am, the one you're looking for. What is the reason you're here? They said, Cornelius, a centurion and upright and God-fearing man who was a good reputation, who has a good reputation with the whole Jewish nation, was divinely directed by a holy angel to call you to his house and to hear a message from you. Peter then invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and set out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went with him. The following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter helped him up and said, Stand up. I myself am also a man. While talking with him, he went on in and found out many had come together here, together there, for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner. But God has shown me that I must not call any person common or unclean. That's why I came without any objection when I was sent for. So I asked, why did you send for me? Verse 30. Cornelius replied, four days ago at this hour at three in the afternoon, I was praying in my house. Just then a man in a dazzling robe stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your acts of charity have been remembered in God's sight. Therefore, send someone to Joppa and invite Simon here, who is also named Peter. He is lodging in, Simon's, in Simon the Tanner's house by the sea. Therefore, I immediately sent for you, and you did the right thing in coming. So we are all present before God to hear everything you have been commanded by the Lord. Then Peter began to speak. Now I really understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation 
the person who fears him and does righteousness is acceptable to him. He sent the message to the Israelites proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. You know the events that took place throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil, because God was with him. We ourselves are witnesses of everything he did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem, yet they killed him by hanging him on a tree. God raised up this man on the third day and permitted him to be seen, not by all the people, but by us, witnesses appointed beforehand by God, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to solemnly testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that through his name, everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. But they heard them speaking in other languages and declaring the greatness of God. Then Peter responded, Can anyone withhold water and prevent these people from being baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. Father, thank you for this wonderful morning, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for safety as we travel here. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to speak with you and knowing that you are willing to hear us. Thank you for your body, for this group of people that some of them I've seen before, I've been with before. Some of them is the first time I've seen. But I can consider them brothers, sisters, regardless of where we're coming from. You are the one who are uniting this group. Father, I pray in this moment for those who are not here today, are traveling as well, be with them. Pray for Chad. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you will continue to stir up our hearts and to dwell in our hearts, Lord. Thank you for the transforming power of the gospel. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you give us to have this book before us, to read it, and to have the Holy Spirit helping us to understand and remind us what we need to do about it. Be with me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. The book of, of Acts is, is one of my favorite books just because uh, the development of the events that took place 
in the very lives of, of, of people, of the ones that walk and uh, like we read in here, ate and drank with Jesus. It's, uh, it's precious for me to, to see, and, and, and this is actually a chapter that I've been uh, uh, studying and looking into and, and, and reflecting upon since last October, j- just to, uh, to be all the time. I marvel at the things that, that, that every time I, I found in here, and, and to know uh, the precise time. We, we're here in this chapter 10 at the heart of the book of Acts and, and a turning point in the book of Acts and, 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 and we can see in here how before this, this event took place uh, the gospel was, was given only to the Jews, the, the Samaritan and we had one, one uh, isolated event when the eunuch was, was uh, also touched by the power of the gospel and, and, and we can see in here how as well, uh, the disciples are kind of new into this and kind of exploring things, and, and, and they know they're fired up. They know that what Jesus said at that moment uh, when, when he told them in their faces, you shall receive power. And, and, and they're experiencing this new power. They're uh, engaged into, into this moment of, of truth and to the realization as well of, of what that meant without the person of Jesus at this time next to them. They were no longer walking with Him, yet they were experiencing the same power and, and, and being a part of miraculous things. And in this point, we can see, and we just read how uh, uh, in this uh, uh, precious uh, story of redemption for a man named Cornelius was, was a turning point in the events of of, of that which, uh, which Jesus told them as well about staying in, in Jerusalem and then going to, uh, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and when we start looking into these rings, this is the, the turning point and the moment where, where they are about to take into a different dimension. And they're about to experience. So far we don't have any record about a group of Gentiles being saved by any means. So this is completely a new challenge, a new event in the life of Peter as well, as the apostle, as the leader there, as the one who's carrying on the the preaching task for this. And so when when we look at this, we're we're in front of, again, uh, another experience that God wants us to see in how he continues to be sovereign, how he continues to show his purposes and to fulfill his promises as well and to continue to, to use us, to, to, to invite us to be a part of this sovereignty that comes from him. And so we see the first thing we notice here is that God is the initiator in the work of the gospel. He's the wing, initiator. Or I can do that too, I guess. He is the initiator in the work of the gospel. And, and, and of course, if we break down this, this whole chapter, we can see the, the characters that are in, in place here. You know, the, the first one we, we recognize there in the beginning of chapter 10 is, is uh, and I'm sorry, I'm doing some <laughs> uh, mixing there. I guess I was trying to uh, think in both ways. And I know that won't bother you. you. You heard about El Nino and these kinds of things, you know. So it, it's, what is it? Is it an article? <laughs> the? 
the loss. So this is el loss, which uh, you can say Cornelio if you want to continue in Spanish, but it's Cornelius what we just read. That, that, that's the man. And, and I want you to notice how, uh, uh, by the way, that was another wing. Uh, yeah, I want you to notice how, how the Bibles and, and the story here Luke is telling us what kind of man was, was this, this guy Cornelius. You know, we, we see that he was first a, a man of character. He, he was a man of character because, thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, my daughter Amelia, my sweet little thing, the youngest one, even though she thinks she's the oldest one sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean by that. Since she's 17. Thank you, baby. So he was a man of character because, uh, first, he was a military man. So we, we know that right there. Uh, and he was a centurion, so he had a lot of men uh, that will receive orders from him and a lot of responsibility as well. And, and, and in a way, uh, he was kind of a, uh, uh, he had a kind of a wealthy position because we can see throughout the, the chapter as well that he, has a, he had a household not only with his family, with, but, but at the same time with servants. And, and he had a, a soldiers and people that, was, uh, that were there with him, but, but at the same time for him. And he was a, a man of character because he, he said he was a devout man and, and feared God along with his whole household. So there's no way that, that you will uh, hold a character and, and have your whole, your whole household uh, uh, fearing God at the same time without you showing the leadership for that, without you being a part of that, without you instilling that in your household. So he was a man of character. We read as well that he was a man of charity. Because uh, still in verse 2 it says he did many charitable deeds. I know you might have, if you have this, I'm reading from the uh, um, HCESB translation. So it's kind of a, uh, easier for me, I should say it that way, without getting into controversy here. But he did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people. And always prayed God. I just didn't understand how what alms meant. But, you know, he was a giver. He was a man that was concerned for the people. And notice how he said the Jewish people. So he, he, he was a worshiper of Jehovah. He, he knew that, that, that God the Creator was, was his Creator. He said, the, the Bible said that always... Praise God. Therefore, we can see as well that he was a man of communion. He was a man that hold that relationship. He was a man that, that was devoted to the prayer. And then we got the story here. He said about three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw a vision. In a vision, an angel of God who came and said, said to him, Cornelius. We heard the story. We know the story. He, he was, he said that he looked intently at him. I really don't know what, word, what that word means. But I do know if, if, if I see a man showing up in, in my prayer time with dazzling robes, I don't know if I will go, what is it, Lord? But, but that's what it says, it says in here that he said. And he was, uh, obviously, and, and we can see this element, you know, over and over in the life of, 
of humans whenever they have this kind of manifestation from God and have the, this kind of angels appearing to, to them. We always see that first fear kind of situation in the beginning, but at the same time, uh, an overwhelming surrendering to the will. Because he's saying, what is it? Meaning, how can I help you here? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, wh- why are you showing up to me? Wh- what happened? What, uh, there, is there a message coming to me? He knew somehow that, that this had happened before. And he knew at that moment he was privileged enough to receive something from God. And he was ready. We can see he was ready. Are we ready for this? What would have happened if this happened to us? Would we answer in the same way? About time you show up. Been praying here all this time, all these years, you know. Would that be our reaction? Would we listen carefully for what the task, what is the task that we need to develop to do for Him? We know that. It's in the Scripture. And then they start telling, the angel told him, your prayers and your act of charity have come up as a memorial. I mean, God is not, has not forgiven. God is remembering all these things that you offer before him. And then he's saying, now send men to Joppa and call for Simon. That's El Servant. You know that, Peter. El Servant, the servant, it's somebody that God will approach at the same time. God in his perfect sovereign was speaking to Cornelius, but at the same time was giving him instructions to see somebody that he was about to speak to as well regarding this same situation. And we can see that this is not a coincidental thing. We can see that this is not something that was taken by chance. There are specific instructions here. And brothers and sisters, this is this is the important thing that we need to always be looking at. In everything that we do, in everything, wherever we go, it doesn't matter. God is always having a purpose in what we're doing. And God is always preparing uh, those things, lining up those things into place for w- the work that we're doing. Because ultimately, He is the initiator in the work of the gospel. And we can see here how uh, the instructions were specific. And how Cornelius was obedient enough to follow those instructions. As usual, and we see this time after time in the Word of God, they never got the big picture. They never got the whole thing together. But they have some instructions, and and, and they have the faith to follow those instructions, knowing that God will come through, knowing that God will show them at the end what's the purpose in all of this. Not only God is the initiator in the work of the gospel, but God also provides the instruments in the work of the gospel. We can see here what took place in, 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 in all this situation. The men were obedient to, to Cornelius, and they decided to go. I mean, they, 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 they went along. But something happened while, while they were traveling. The Word of God says that the next day in verse 9, They were traveling and nearing the city. When they were getting close to the city, Peter went up to pray to the house of about noon. And 
verse 10 is kind of a duh to me, you know, because it says then he became hungry and wanted to eat. I don't know what was the custom back there about timings and things, but I don't know when, when my wife is having the big pot and, and the beans are going like, ooh, and that, 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 I don't go out to pray, especially if it's close to noon. Because I know something's about to happen, and I will pray, but it's going to be kind of a short, nice, sweet little prayer saying, Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful enchiladas I'm about to get. But Peter didn't do that. He, he went up to the house, which, by the way, we all know that the, that, that was a, a custom as well in the Hebrew uh, 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 culture, you know, and, and, and even in Leviticus, we see how they were used to these things. They were actually built altars on top of, of, of the houses. I mean, the, the rooftop was something that, that it was uh, flat. It was, it was not like this nice <laughs> shingles we have, you know, that people almost have to climb and then get thing, get hooked up to something. You know? That was flat. I mean, we could never, I could never build an altar on top of my roof. Trust me. But that was something that they used to do. And this was about a good time uh, to do prayer as well. Because like the Old Testament said, they were praying to the Lord of the heavens. And so that was a normal thing to do. But then it says that while they were preparing something, he went into a visionary state. And I'm telling you, <laughs> this is not the kind of thing, I mean, I, I, I know... In a way, I can't relate to that situation. If I'm really hungry and the steam is going up through my nostrils, I know I will get visions and things. But this was not the kind. Ladies and gentlemen, this, is, this was something different. And even though it was kind of food-related, because all of a sudden he, he, he saw this uh, a big sheet and, and, and from the four corners of the earth and, and all kinds of animals. I mean, it was, uh, everything was flying in there, you know, burgers, bacon, and all those things. He saw the, the, the animals coming down, and then he hears the voice. Again, God taking the initiative and saying to Peter, Get up, Peter, Peter kill and eat. It's almost like he's saying, you like my feast? Have at it. It's all yours. But the, 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 the most contrasting thing here, I mean, he said, No, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common and ritually unclean. I mean, the puzzle for me here, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, sometimes it's confusing. I mean, he is not being obedient to God because he wants to be obedient to God. Did you follow that? I mean, he's saying, uh, uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that because uh, you don't want me to do that. And he's the one telling him, do it. Kill and eat. But he's so right. I mean, I guess he was uh, looking back, you know, into his memory. Remember that thing about the rooster going and three times? I, didn't, I don't want to go into that again. I'm not going to fall this time. I know. That if you're saying killing me, something might happen later on. And this, I, I want to stay righteous. I mean, it's God who is spoken here. He knows that that's not an accident. That's not, I mean, yet it's part of the vision, but, but he knows for sure. I mean, he's answering back to God, and he does it three times. Of course, we all know that he was kind of stubborn. But right there, he's in that debate saying, 
No. But he's, he's insisting. And there he goes. The moment where this gentleman come around. And even though God took everything up, saying, okay, he took the whole nation away, but he didn't leave it there. It says that while Peter was deeply perplexed, about what the vision he had seen might mean. He knew that something was going on. Then they call out asking for Simon, who was also named Peter, was lodging here. And while Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit told him. The Spirit told him, there are three men. Three men are there looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and accompany them with no doubt at all, because I have sent him. In other words, <laughs> you know, Peter, this little argument we had here a few minutes ago, I'm going to let it fly. If this man will tell you to go with them, and you better go with them. And, and it seems, of course, when, when you see him going to Cornelius, you know he got the point. You know he connected the dots. Because the main phrase was what God has made clean, you must not call common or unclean. That was the message. That was the intent for the vision. So he understood what needed to be done. And, 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 and in this way, God is providing the instruments in the work of the gospel because the first thing he's providing is the message. The glorious message of the gospel that it should be proclaimed with the mouth. It, it, it is very impressive to me and, and you see how Luke took the, 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 the illustration. I mean, he, he was, he was uh, detailed enough when he was saying this, when he was narrating this story, he was, he was detailed enough to say that then Peter opened his mouth. We need to speak. We need to say. I know that uh, uh, there is a saying there, very famous, or an idiom, however you want to call it. I, I, I first thought that was uh, originally made in Spanish, but when I came here, a lot of stuff, I found out that they're not originally from Honduras, you know, especially with the idioms and sayings and all those things. Especially the one that I'm referring to right now when it says, actions speak louder than what? Than words. And, and a lot of people just rely on that. A lot of people just think, well, uh, as long as you hold a good testimony, as long as you, you present a good Christian living, then they'll get the message. But ladies and gentlemen, it says here that he opened his mouth and start sharing the message. It's not enough for you to get ready and uh, cleaned up and, and, and look nice and, and get up your car on, uh, every Sunday morning and just go and let your neighbors watch that and assume then that because you're doing that, they will think you're a Christian and, and, and they will think even better that, that whatever you're doing needs to happen in their lives. If you don't share anything, they'll see you going in and, and going out and they'll see you coming back in. They'll see you going out again and they'll see you coming back in. And there's nothing, if we don't say anything, 
faith comes by hearing the word of God says. Therefore, we need to speak. We need to open our mouths and speak. Did you ever wonder why, in the first place, if the angel was there, this angel gave him instructions, why he didn't share the gospel with him? Why he didn't give him that message that, that is so compelling? And, 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 and the things that Peter starts saying from verse 34, then Peter begins to speak, now I really understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation the person who fears him and does righteousness and accept is acceptable to him. He started explaining the whole thing. You know the events that took place throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how He went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of devil because God was with Him. This testimonial that Peter was given, we ourselves are witnesses and everything He did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem, yet they kill Him. By hanging him on a tree, God raised up this man on the third day and permitted him to be seen. Not, all, not by all the people, but by us, witnesses appointed beforehand by God who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us. He was a witness there. He said, he commanded us. He commanded me to preach to the people and solemnly testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him through his name. Everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sin. There was no way that the angel could share this because they haven't experienced that. Because they haven't been forgiven of anything. Because they haven't been broken. They haven't been crying out. They haven't been appealing to for mercy and receiving by grace this greatest love. Peter had it. Peter knew. Peter was appointed. He was asked to proclaim. And that's what he said. I got a message for you. And let me tell you what this message is. It starts with peace. Through Jesus Christ. Peace. Peter remembered that the very moment when they were behind closed doors, fearing for them to be the next ones, just hours away from, and days away from, from, from having his master, his Messiah being killed brutally. They were behind closed doors when all of a sudden, transcending all kinds of, of material stuff and, 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 and against any physical law, Jesus just came in through without knocking on any door. And the first word he said to them was peace. Peace be to you. They were freaked out. Even, even, the, even when they knew that he was all the time telling them on the third day, on the third day, on the third day. And that happened. That took place. He started telling them that in verse 36. He says, peace through Jesus Christ. In verse 43, we read. That is only through His name, everyone who's believed in Him will receive forgiveness of sin. And then we continue to see the sovereign of God. 
we continue to see his work. And at this point, being complete. And at this point, uh, thinking, I mean, uh, I, I like to play with my thoughts and, and, and being careful, of course, with what the Scripture said. But, but, but I'm thinking that, that, that at that point, God was uh, like, like us as fathers sometimes. We, we like to try our kids, you know, and, and try if their obedience, if they can follow instruction. We challenge them and we offer them to do this or that. And, and, and we see them if they go far enough. If they go far enough, come on, come here. Step on this edge. Don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen. Just step here. Step in here. And when I tell you, just, just look down. And, and when I tell you, just, just, just jump. And you're trying to test. And then sometimes you have that kind of rejection. No, I don't want to do it. No, what is going to happen if, what if, and what if. And you, no, come on. You can do it. Come on. Just, just step in here. And we, we continue to, to test that. But there is a point when we see that they finally surrender and they finally give up and, and, and surrender his trust and, and, and step in the right place. And that's when you stop and say, no, that's fine. Just wanted to see if you were following. And God is here intervening. Verse 44 says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all of those who heard the message. It's almost like saying, okay. My turn. That's it, Peter. <laughs> you said it all. You, you, you said what was important. You have them hearing. You were faithful, and you opened your mouth. And you shared what needed to be shared. See, sometimes, folks, we don't have to develop the whole thing. But we always need to step forward to do the first thing. And I'm so glad that uh, from what I've been hearing from my brothers here at Redeemers, you've been doing that. I'm glad and I am encouraged uh, to know that you're taking, you're taking those steps to continue to move forward, to continue to bring this great message, even across your own culture. I really appreciate that. And I know that that my brothers and sisters are still moving forward and attempting and doing even beyond what they think they're capable to do. Because whatever we do, we do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we've been empowered. We do have it. And we do our faithful step of obedience, and we let God do the rest. That's why not only... The message is the important instrument, but the messenger as well. And you see in there, and notice it says, Peter as well as, you put your name in there. Because I'm an instrument as well. I'm a messenger. I'm the one who needs to open my mouth. And to speak to those that, even though are people of character, even though are people that, that, that look good from the outside, even though are people that you never heard him uh, cursing or never heard him uh, or never saw him doing uh, bad things on the contrary, there are people that are devoted and there are people that, that, that have a genuine uh, uh, seeking uh, 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 for the communion with God, even though there are people that will be attending to our church facility still. They'll be lost. And that's why we need to be the messengers as well. Lastly, throughout the whole story, we can see here how God provides the perfect 
timing. The perfect timing. Every minute, every second, everything that took place took place when God allowed it. I mean, there's no coincidence. I know that even with uh, GPS and stuff, I mean, right now I was going uh, like two blocks away, and I said, why are you not on Broadway? <laughs> Jim asked, because it's not here. And uh, Lola here told me to turn left on Grace Street. Uh, we, we cannot measure the things, even in our best attempts. Sometimes things are, going, are not going to go as we plan, as we design it to be. But believe me, God is always in control. And he will know always the perfect timing. There is always a reason. So instead of, of being frustrated, we need to embrace what's in front of us. Continue to attempt to do a better job every time. But, but, but look for what God is bringing. Because we might be surprised. Because we might be a turning point in history, like in this, in this time, Peter was. He was invited to be a part to a whole movement for the gospel to spread out, to spread out among Gentiles. The whole household sitting there. Everybody in the house. After they heard the message, they received the Holy Spirit. And then Peter responded, Can anyone withhold water and prevent these people from being baptized? They received Christ. They were baptized. And if you notice, I don't know if you want to understand this this way, but the very last phrase, Verse 48 says, Then they asked him to stay for a few days. As discipleship right there. You know what took place there. You know how many, I mean, I know Peter didn't bring with him any curriculum as far as the first step of new believers, four new believers. But he had the best. He had his experience. He had the stories of the moments with the Messiah. He had all the experience that he could share and the words that were dwelling within him. We had a powerful, powerful message. And God has done powerful things through our lives. And we need to share those. We need to open our mouths. Because God is already at work. You know that. He already initiated everything. And there's people out there that are waiting. And as we engage in this new season during the year, summertime, and going places and traveling and greeting people and meeting new people, we don't know if an angel already spoke to somebody that we're speaking to. Let's not waste our time. Let's not waste our words. Because we have something great to share. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again, Lord, for this wonderful reminder. Thank you, Lord, for the time you allow us to...
to review your word, Lord, and to have this word become alive in our lives. Father, forgive me for the times that I haven't been diligent enough. Forgive me for the times that I have been engaged in conversation about many things of this world. But I didn't spoke your word. But that I didn't share the marvelous things you have done in my life. Every minute counts. And Father, my prayer is that you continue to be that reminder in my heart, in my mind, my soul, to continue to speak your word, to continue to tell others the wonderful story about the man who was killed and hung up in a tree and how God raised him from the dead. And how because of that, I have victory over sin. Father, help us. I know the opportunities are there. I know you constantly are providing for these opportunities. I thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord, for this group of people. I thank you for the work they're doing. Father, continue to bless Continue to open the doors. Because your word says that whenever you open a door, no one will shut that door. Continue to speak to our hearts, Lord. And continue to lead the way. We know we are in your perfect timing. My prayer is, Lord, that you continue to guide us towards this place. To continue to seek for what my brothers and sisters here are having a, a great burning as well with the Hispanic community. Help us, Lord. Open the doors, open the way for your word to be delivered to every people from every nation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.